Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. International Coaching Week is coming up. We're going to be talking about that and how we can get involved as coaches and also how we can improve our own and the businesses of our clients. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to ensure both sides of the coach and mentoring intervention. What works and what doesn't? As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach. I've been coaching for nine years, mainly in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are Jerry Udelson and her client, Hilary Price. Jerry has often been called a coaching pioneer and visionary. She's one of the first 100 people to be designated a master certified coach by the International Coach Federation, and she's the founder of International Coaching Week, now in its 23rd year and celebrated across the globe. Her coaching company, Entrepreneurial Coaching and Consulting, helps entrepreneurs, self-employed professionals and real estate agents grow their businesses quickly and strategically while also creating lives they love outside of work. Jerry's client, Hilary Price, is an insurance broker to high net worth individuals. She's been building a referral-based business and is very successful at it. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. This is very exciting. Thank you, Jenny. I'm going to start with Jerry and I'm going to flip over the coin and speak to Hilary. Jerry, let's first of all talk about Coaching Week and then I'd love to hear your top tips on coaching clients and ourselves so we can easily and effectively grow our businesses. First of all, Jerry, why did you become a coach? I think I've always been a coach and um, I've always been interested in business. I come from a line of um, self-made professionals. Um, starting probably with my grandfather. And um, I've always been interested in helping people and coming up with ideas to help people get better at whatever it is they do. So I was coaching before there was actually coaching. I was calling myself a consultant. There is quite a difference between coaching and consultancy. Could you just clarify for us how you see the difference? Well, I think coaching is asking fabulous questions of the client um, to, to get them to come up with answers on their own um, in areas that are important to them, obviously using um, following the client's agenda always. And as a consultant, I actually bring to bear a lot more resources and information and um, strategies than uh, the typical coach would do. So uh, I, I do more consultative coaching. I know some of the coaching um, programs don't believe in that, but I give advice as warranted because sometimes the client doesn't have all the answers. And um, if I've worked with a number of clients in a certain industry, I know a lot about the industry and I can give them resources, tips and ideas that they just might not have thought of, but it's always client-based. And, and I think um, a consultant usually walks away and leaves a, 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 a fabulous report, which may or may not Get implemented, but a coaching is a dynamic, ongoing process over time. So I think that that might be the difference. 
I agree with that. I'm a career coach, but a lot of my work is consulting as well on CV, resume, best practice and job search strategies. Like you said, not everybody knows themselves what to do, which is why we have to combine a coaching and consultative approach to get the results that our clients need. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) So, Jerry, tell us all about Coaching Week. Okay. Um, In 1999, coaching really wasn't particularly well known. And I was on a quest to get coaching known because I felt it would help us as coaches get more clients. And it would also bring the, um, put the spotlight on coaching. So I decided to create Coaching Week. And originally it was called National National Personal and Business Coaching Week. And I, there's a big directory. There used to be a big directory called Chase's Calendar of Events in the US. And it was a public relations tool. And people would post, create events like National Cheese Week or Love Your Pet Day or um, you know Father's Day would be in there and uh, Christmas and all the holidays. So I decided to just create International Personal and Business Coaching Week as a way to publicize coaching in the in Boston, really where where I was living, and um, the first year we did a bunch of events, and I I coordinated with I think with the um, International Coach Federation in Boston, and we did a bunch of pro bono events. So it was to acknowledge the progress people have made with their coaches, and also to to honor the profession. So after the first year, Canadian coaches were like, well, we want to be involved. So then we changed it to International uh, Personal and Business Coaching Week. And then after that, more and more people got involved. And Thomas Leonard, who you may or may not be familiar with, Jenny, he's the, he was the, one of the founders of the coaching profession. He got involved and created a website. And it just took off from there. And it doesn't really belong to anybody. And now the official dates of coaching week are actually for my birthday, which is kind of weird because it was originally in February and now it starts in May 17th of this year. And coaches can get involved by just offering, providing events this year, mostly they'll be on Zoom, but doing pro bono um, talks on different topics, for example, resilience uh, during the pandemic or what have you learned about about the pandemic or what does pivoting mean to you? You know, there's a lot of topics people can come up with related to coaching. And the idea is to just share our talents with the the general uh, public. What a superb idea. Out of interest, what's the most innovative coaching event that you know that somebody has put on in all the years that it's been happening since 1999? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. I would, (laughs) I would guess. Probably things that people have been doing things in prisons. I have a feeling that that's one thing that's that's pretty, I don't know how innovative it is, but it's um, very important. And um, if I were creating an event from scratch this year, I would want to do one-on-one pro bono free coaching for uh, first responders, for people who are dealing with stress and burnout. That would be something that um, is not necessarily in my own wheelhouse, but it's something that I think I could do. And I would encourage other coaches to, to just find a need and fulfill it. Yeah. And likewise, you know, in the career coaching space, I think it's a massive opportunity to offer pro bono events for those that have lost their jobs that have been laid off or made redundant and actually need that free input, um, you know, on, on career coaching best practice. I think people should just find a need and fill it. 
you know, just, just come up with something. Or I, as you were talking about people who've lost their jobs, even, even pair up with a therapist and offer some kind of group support for people who've lost loved ones. I mean, just, just do something. As a coach, I always say, just take some action. You know, I always advise my clients, just figure out something and you can always uh, change, change direction. You can always enhance what you're doing, but if you don't take any action, nothing's going to happen. So as a coach, I would say, you know, pick something and just do it. And there's plenty of time between now and say May 17th to come up with a, a little project and get a few other coaches involved. Well, that gives us something really exciting to think about. Thanks, Jerry. Let's talk now about your uh, business, helping entrepreneurs grow their own businesses. What are the common issues that your clients are facing when they start working with you? Sometimes my clients want to change careers and they're really unclear about which direction to go. That's one um, group of my clients where they're, they're just, they're unhappy. Some of them were in real estate and made a lot of money and then they decide they want to do something else um, or they want to go, they're about to retire and they don't know what to do. That's one group. Another group is people like Hillary Price, my client who's on the call today, who want to grow their businesses in a strategic way. And Hillary, was, we can talk about later, was very clear about how she wanted to grow her business. So um, I also have clients who just want to um, continue with what they're doing, but have a life at the same time. And I've had clients who, who were in real estate. Who, I work with a lot of top producers. I work with a lot of really smart, successful people. And some of them forget that they want to have a life as well. So I, I help them figure out how to delegate, how to grow a team, how to take time off and, or go back and reflect on what's most important to them if they've forgotten what they really wanted. So, so I work with uh, people in career transition, people changing, uh, wanting to grow and wanting to grow their businesses and people who want a life. And so with all of those different areas, how holistic is your coaching? Because, you know, I believe that actually for you, that healthy balance is important. Very holistic, because I feel that you need some balance in your life. And I do what the, I don't know if you're familiar with the Coaches Training Institute uh, Wheel of Life, but I sometimes do the Wheel of Life, which looks at different aspects of people's lives. Because they forget that, for example, fun and recreation is really important or novelty is really important or they neglect their, their uh, partner because they're so busy working. So I, so I try to bring up um, areas of concern if they've mentioned it to me or I, I do the uh, wheel of life and uh, we, we determine where they want to focus in addition to the business. Because I'm, I'm basically a business coach, but coaches are trained to uh, look at all aspects of people's lives. Jerry, I'm interested. According to data from the US Bureau of Labor Statistics, around 20% of US small businesses fail within the first year. And by the end of the fifth year, roughly 50% have faltered. When do you think as business owners, and as most coaches, we do run our own business, when should we call it a day and have a career change? When, I think when you hate getting up in the morning and you go, oh my God, I can't, you know, I can't take another day of this. That's, that's too late, probably. And you probably should have called somebody earlier when you were having inklings that things weren't working. So I think the best time to hire a coach is at the beginning when you're 
when you're starting your business and you need somebody who, who can help you figure out what the systems are, what experts to hire, like an accountant or a, a CPA or whatever. And I think another time is when you're, you're about to do a growth spurt or when your marketing efforts are failing and um, it's time to try something different. So what top tips have you got for us, either as coaches growing our businesses or as coaches who work with business owners, so we can bring best practice to this field? That's a great question. I think the most important thing that I've learned is to pick a marketing strategy or strategies and do them over time. Instead of trying to get great at Facebook, uh, Instagram, get a website and then call people and then have, have events, et cetera, do networking, pick a few things that are strategic that you love to do. You have to pick marketing marketing um, efforts or a marketing plan that's going to work for you. So if you're an introvert, you might want to do a lot of writing. And um, if you're an extrovert, in the days when we could go out and have lunches with people and go to events, if you're an extrovert, pick things that involve more networking. Strengths-based coaching is really important. Building on what you're already good at as opposed to trying to get good at stuff that you just don't have any interest in doing. So, so that's why, for example, um, I'm not a big fan of cold calls, which a lot of real estate coaches are like, you know, get up in the morning and call 20 people from a mailing list, you know, a list of phone numbers and stuff. I, if, you, if you like doing cold calling, great. But most people are like, oh, my God, I have to make these calls and they don't want to do it. So um, it's better to do something that you're willing to, that you want to do, that you can sustain over time. And so then when we have our idea, how would we then put that into practice to make sure that we are successful? Well, having an accountability partner, if you're the kind of person who needs outside accountability is very important. So if you um, hire, obviously hiring a coach is good. Keeping track of your actions is really good. So I, I make a certain number of calls every day or write emails or whatever, and I keep track of what I've done. And so I'm very uh, committed to taking single action that's going to produce results every day. Just having an idea in your head is useless unless you take action. So there's, you've got to come up with some system that you're going to deploy over time that's going to work for you. Another strategy might be if you, if, as I said, if you're an extrovert, take a referral partner out to lunch, like, you know, the third Wednesday of every month or, or go out for coffee, you know, the first Monday of every month or every Tuesday morning, you know, have some kind of ritual where you're organized around a certain task. You're much more likely to do it. It's like when we get up and brush our teeth, we don't really think about it. We just get up and do it. Thank you, Jerry. The final question I've got for you before we flip over the coin and speak to Hillary is how do you coach people around putting in healthy boundaries between work and life, especially in the in the home working era that many of us are in at the moment? That's a really good question. Um, one thing to do is to have some, some starting and ending rituals. I like rituals for the day so that you start, you know, you, whether you're working at home or not, like some people, some women like to get dressed up and put makeup on and look good and then just get, you know, then go into their home office. And so when they've changed into work clothes, 
then they know that they're starting work. And then at the end of the day, for example, you put, you put everything away and you close the door. But you, and you need office hours. You need hours where you're working and when you're not working. It's really hard, especially for my real estate clients, because they get, they're getting calls at 11, at 11 p.m. at night and they're taking calls. And um, you have to train people how to, how to treat you. So I have um, attorneys I'm working with now who, take, who just never get any work done because they're on the phone all the time. Um, answering questions and responding to um, their clients. So one of the things that we've done for boundaries is that they take a half an hour twice a week where they are an hour where they're unavailable and they actually do the work, working on um, contracts, et cetera, maybe meeting with somebody. So you have to have times when you're available and unavailable. They've also put um, text message, auto text message responders on the phone that says, I'm on a call or I'm with a client. Please send me an email with the nature of your inquiry or what I can do to help you. So that it eliminates a lot of phone calls if people can just send you the information or the question and you can get back to them. So when people are really busy, you have to figure out ways to set up boundaries. So we do time boundaries. And um, of course, there's emotional boundaries too, which I'm sure you know, Jenny, as a coach, where you know I, I will not listen, I will not allow you to talk to me that way, or you know you are not allowed to um, enter my office when I'm on the phone with a client or whatever. You know, you want to set up boundaries emotionally so people aren't stepping over you and um, getting into your head in a way that's not supportive of what you want. So there's you know time boundaries, physical boundaries, and emotional boundaries. Superb top tips there. Thank you so much, Jerry. Let me flip over the coin now and speak to Hilary. Hilary, thank you for being part of the Both Sides of the Coin podcast. Why did you want coaching? What prompted me was I was at this crossroads. I've been in, I've been in my business for 27, going on 28 years. But my son was, um, this was probably, what was it, two or three years ago. And um, I was really struggling with the work-life balance as a working mom. And I felt like I hit a wall with my business and wanting to grow it and just felt completely overwhelmed. Um, And my sister, who's a top real estate broker in Boston, referred me to Jerry and it was the best thing I ever did. And so what has been your experience Um, Yes. So she really helped me in terms of zeroing in on what did I want to do? So in my case, I do high end life insurance planning. Um, She, and I really just wanted to create a referral based business. So kind of piggyback on what Jerry said, I did the cold calling thing when I got in the business a million years ago and it's brutal. So, you know, so she helped me to say, okay, we're going to really focus on, building a referral based business and how do we do that and part of it is i think as a small business owner um and in any profession you could like i have had issues with um imposter syndrome which jenny i'm sure you've dealt with clients feeling this way so even though i've been very successful and i've always been top in my industry i feel the imposter syndrome of that i'm really i'm a sham and it's, it's just a psychological thing. It's, you know, me just not feeling like I'm as good as people think I am. And so Jerry really kind of helped me walk me off the ledge with that in terms of, you know, just making me really see things in a factual way. 
of, okay, this is how far I've come. And now I'm really focusing on this one niche market that I want to work with and how are we going to get it to grow? And, and with the work-life balance thing, you know, if I was having, you know, if we had a call and I just wasn't feeling it and calling people, she's just like, don't, you know, take the day off. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. People sense your voice over the phone. And so, um, you know, it took a couple of years, but the practices that she gave me worked. So I now have this referral based business. I work with lots of estate planning attorneys and wealth managers and, and CPAs in Boston um, that, you know, now my business on, you know, pretty much a weekly basis, I'm getting phone calls for referrals because Jerry really helped me hone in on being a specialist in one space for me to be able to run my practice with 30 hours a week, 35 hours, but my income hasn't changed from when I was working 90 hours has been lovely. And I have my balance and I have my confidence. Um, the imposter thing can trickle in, but I'll think about Jerry and, and it, it's just been fabulous. That, 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 that's a superb, um, you know, case study in, in, in the positive effects of coaching and, um, in, in, in Jerry bringing her experience to play here. It's interesting to men mention imposter syndrome because that's something that comes up again and again, especially with working women, I found in my experience as a coach. Since your coaching, when it sort of, you have that doubt about yourself in the back of your mind, what do you do to help yourself overcome that and be more confident in yourself and your abilities? I, I just have to reflect on my successes. And that's what Jerry would help me do is say, okay, you know, let's look at what you've accomplished year after year. And, um, and again, you know, in my case, being a woman in a predominantly male industry, you know, I've broken some glass ceilings, you know, just getting some good recognition over the years in most businesses, it's cyclical. Another thing Jerry taught me is she said to me, you know, what's your goal? You know, what's like big picture goal. And I said, consistency. And she said, it doesn't exist. And it was genius, right? Because no one's ever said that to me. So she said, your habits, you can do your habits every day and that's your consistency, but consistency with, with, with revenue, you can't do. And so that kind of, that really helped me to stop beating myself up because as long as I'm doing the practices every day, and it might be as a working mom, it might be five hours I get in a day. It might be eight, it might be three, but if I'm doing those consistent, um, th you know, things with like Jerry said, setting up lunches with centers of influence, or even in the pandemic, the first three months I felt frozen with how, how am I going to do this? And working from home and that whole thing. And then within three months, it was, okay, I got this. And I hated Zooming. And now I actually feel like, you know, business is better because I'm not on the road all the time going to see people. I'm getting a lot more done because I can Zoom all, you know, get three, four meetings in, in a day instead of two meetings in, in a day. So yeah. it's, 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 it's pivoting and acclimating, but ultimately having, um, the confidence and knowing that knowing who I am and knowing that I'm a specialist. And I think that's really, um, she really helped me to zero in on that and believe in myself. 
And and you mentioned, Hilary, about, you know, how you're now working 35 hours a week as opposed to 90 hours a week. And we were talking with um, with Jerry about boundaries. How have you found putting boundaries in has actually improved your overall life as opposed to just your work life? So I was in my business for 15 years before I had my son and I would work seven days a week you know, didn't stop, thought about it 24 seven. And, you know, when I had my son, it really helped me to just like, when I'm home, I'm home. I'm much happier, quite frankly, working really smart and effectively in shorter hours with the tools that Jerry gave me rather than working 90 hours a week and maybe getting the same results. But it's now it's just, much more um, strategic from a time management standpoint. And I can, it's just, I have a much healthier balance for sure. One final question I've got for you, Hillary, what feedback would you give to coaches who work in a similar area to Jerry that they can do to improve the way that they work with their clients based on your experience? Yeah, I just think it's it's being thoughtful and listening to the client. Um, another thing that I want to throw out there is that I found it, and Jerry it works with tons of real estate professionals, and and that's been her, you know, big part of her practice. But I loved that she knew nothing about financial services. So I actually thought that was a bonus because it was totally objective. And so I think with any coach working with someone, it's, it's really like, I mean, Jerry's the poster child for coaching. It's listening to what do you, what does your client want to accomplish? And I think with coaching, it's really understanding what your clients want, you know, like just in, in helping them get to that desired goal and really honing in on the work-life balance. And even if I was having a bad day, you know, she'd be like, well, you know, this is going on in the universe. Like this is real and you're, it's okay to have a bad day. Whereas, you know, if I had gone to like a sales manager in the insurance world, all they care about is how much money you're making. They're really not thinking about your well-being and your big picture. And so I think for coaches, it's, it is really critical to look at the whole thing and not just the business aspect, but the whole work-life balance. Thank you so much, Hilary, and thank you so much, Jerry. What a superb discussion. If you'd like to find out more about working with Jerry, then she can be contacted via her website at entrepreneurialcoaching.com. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching and mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor, or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of both sides of the coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.